colors actually transmit something. And there's always a counterpart for everything that we have in the natural, there's also a spiritual. So in other words, color in essence has a spiritual component and colors carry an anointing to transmit to us actually spirit, soul, mind, and body. So I've had a deep fascination with color for many, many years. I remember as a young boy, I would look at certain color clothing and different colors would affect me personally. They, they, they would make me go to a certain space emotionally in my psyche. And I was always fascinated by how colors can change the way that I feel or pull me into a different sphere of, of awareness. And I've prayed, as, I, as I've mentioned, for, for many years to understand particularly the seven colors that make up the rainbow. And so what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be looking at the seven colors of the rainbow to try to better understand what each color communicates to us and what God is transmitting and imparting to us through the color spectrum. I want to say at the onset, colors are a manifestation, as we'll see as we move on here today, colors are a manifestation of the Holy Spirit and of God's beauty and of God's glory. Scientifically, each color is made up of a different wavelength. And depending on the, the wavelength, we see, we see you know, reds or greens or yellows or whatever it is to us. And also it's important to note that in addition to colors psychologically and emotionally affecting us differently, in other words, we respond differently emotionally to green as we do to red. So in addition to colors hitting us differently emotionally and psychologically, Colors also, every color communicates to us something about relationship. And the reason I want to stress this is that when you think about what it means to know God, let's, let's say, for example, we're going to use the term eternal life. What is eternal life? Jesus actually defined eternal life in John 17 as knowing God. Yeshua said in, in John 17, 3, this is eternal life to know God. That really hit me in a powerful way to some time back because when I thought about eternal life, I thought about uh, going on forever. Or I felt uh, I, I connected eternal life to some type of kind of Holy Spirit empowerment and uh, the Holy Spirit's uh, uh, presence living through me. And that's all true. But eternal life at the core is about relationship. Since relationship is at the core of God and is the core of eternal life and colors come from God, that must mean that in addition to colors affecting our moods, they're also communicating something to us about relationship. God's relationship to us, our relationship to Him, and our relationship to, uh, to each other. And so we're going to begin then going through the color spectrum today. And uh, I'm going to be making some comments. And I want you to know I'm still praying because colors are living. Colors are alive. There's more to understand than I'm going to be able to communicate to you today. But I can tell you this. When you and I get to heaven, we are going to be surrounded by color. And every color is going to be communicating to us. We're going to be filled with such goodness. We're going to be feeling such bliss. And we're going to be surrounded by color. Remember in Revelation 4, 3, God's throne 
is surrounded, beloved one, by a rainbow. So colors are going to be very much of, 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 of what we'll be experiencing in heaven. Let's start with the first color on the top of the rainbow. I'm speaking of the color red. Red is a really interesting color. Many of you know that back in 1978, God saved me through a vision of the night as a Jewish person. I'm not going to take long because most of you know my story. I knew nothing about Jesus. But in 1978, the Lord awoke me from my sleep in the middle of the night, and I saw Jesus on the cross in a vision of the night. I, it was in color, and as he was on the cross, I saw a ray, a beam of red light come down on his head. And I've always wondered and pondered and prayed, why was that beam of light red, Lord? Why wasn't the beam of light green? Or why wasn't the beam of light purple? I mean, you chose that beam of light that brought me to you to be red for a reason. So let's explore a little bit about the color red. First of all, red has the longest wavelength. Remember I told you that colors are made up of different wavelengths, and red has the longest wavelength. The Hebrew word for red is Adom, and notice that it's very similar to Adam, Adam or Adom, very similar to Adam's name, Adam. And the word Adam means actually the son of the red earth, or the one whose skin is like the color of the red earth. And so um, we start to get just a glimpse of the fact that, that, that red is such an essential color. It's one of the three primary colors, uh, red, yellow, and blue. The earth is described as red in, 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 in Hebrew, and Adam is described as the one that came from the red earth. And again, it has the longest wavelength. We all know that the life of the flesh is in the blood, according to the Torah, in Leviticus 17.11. And of course, when our blood hits the atmosphere, it's red. So the life of the flesh is in the blood, and the blood is red. So, 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 so red has to do with life. The Lord said, I've given it to you, this blood, this red life, to make an atonement for your soul. Now, Red is the most attention-getting color. So when I ask myself, Lord, why was that beam of light red? Perhaps one of the reasons, one of the mysteries of why that beam of light was red is because red is the most attention-getting color. That's why when you're driving, if you're coming to a dangerous uh, intersection, the light will be red. You know, you need to stop. There's a dangerous intersection or stop your car, the light turns red. Or if you're coming to a stop sign, to, to an intersection where it could be dangerous if you don't stop, there's a stop sign that is in red. It's the most attention getting color. And it's the most intense color. It speaks to us of Adam, it speaks to us of man, it speaks to us of life. It's the strongest color, and at the end of the day, where it leads us to, in terms of what red communicates to us in the ultimate form, is it is the signal, the intensity, because fire is what? Red, it's the strongest. Fire, right? It's a, it is as strong as death, right? Red communicates to us the fiery, passionate love that our Creator has for His people. 
Red is the symbol of passionate, fiery love. It attracts attention. It's the longest wavelength. It's the color of life. It's the color of blood. But ultimately, at the end of the day, when you consider that all the colors have to do with relationship, what is communicated to us through the color red is the fiery, jealous, passionate love that God has for his people. The Lord is described as a consuming fire, as a jealous God. He's jealous for his people. When we think about this hot love, the intensity of burning, hot, flaming love, we also connect it to that, that attraction between a man and a woman as newlyweds. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's an attraction that they have for each other as newlyweds that changes over time. But the, 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 the symbol of red for love speaks of that fiery attraction that newlyweds have for each other. So red the strongest, most intense, attention-getting color. It's the symbol of God's passionate, consuming love for His people. As I said, it's one of the three primary colors. And so the next color that we're going to be looking at is the second color in the bow, the color orange. Orange, of course, is not a primary color. It's the combination of red, the primary color, and yellow, which is a, another primary color. So red and yellow combined together create orange. Now orange speaks of vibrancy and energy. When you think of the color orange, you think of vibrancy, energy, and enthusiasm. It's a very positive color. Orange transmits this energy and this positivity, it's a, if you walk in, I'm not talking about a dull orange, I'm talking about a bright orange. It makes you feel alive. It makes you feel good. And relationally, orange conveys to us in the spiritual sense of the word. Because remember, heaven's going to be made up of color. And, and, and heaven's going to be all about relationship. So all these colors are communicating elements of relationship to us. Red, we said, going back to where we began today, communicates that fiery, jealousy, burning, flaming love that God has for his people and a man and wife have for each other as newlywed. Whereas red still communicates love, but the, I mean orange rather, orange is communicating love and relationship, but in a less hot way. So, for example, you have a best friend and you have a great relationship. You call each other on the phone every day. The color of that relationship would be orange. Even your relationship with extended family members. It's not the burning hot, fiery love you had for your spouse when you first got married, but the love that you have for your family, your, 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 uh, your extended family, that's an orange. Orange is the color of positive social relationships your work associates, people in your neighborhood, etc. Beautiful social color. And then from there, we're continuing on with the color green. And uh, green, I'm so sorry, I thought I missed one and I did. I'm glad that I went back a page. So we are now going from orange to yellow. I love yellow. I remember when I was in sixth grade, I was 12 years old, and we were moving to a different neighborhood. We grew up in Beechwood, Ohio, a suburb of Eastern Cleveland. And uh, when I was 12 years old, we moved to Pepper Pike, Ohio, which was also a suburb in Eastern Cleveland. And we, my parents had purchased a very nice house. And uh, they, they, we went through the house when we first got there. We picked our rooms, my two siblings and I. And my parents said to us, we're gonna be redecorating the house. And each one of you 
can, can re-wallpaper your room or whatever color, whatever color pattern you want. So this, is, this, this shows you, uh, you know, dated. I'm 65 now, so you, this, you know this goes back to the early 1970s when we wallpapered rather than painted a lot of rooms. So I got to pick up my own wallpaper in this new home, and I picked out a wallpaper that was predominantly yellow. It had yellow was the main color. It had some thin black lines and some white. But I asked myself now, that's really interesting. I, I thought, why yellow? The first motorcycle that I ever had, I picked yellow. What is it about yellow that I love so much? What is yellow transmitting to us? What is yellow imparting to us? The sun shines, right? And we perceive it as yellow. What is yellow communicating to us? Well, yellow, beloved ones, is a message of positivity, first of all. And forgive me here. What is happening with my notes? I think I cut some papers up. Here we go. And it's a message of optimism about the future. When you see yellow and, and, and you, look, you look into the future, if you're seeing bright yellow and you're imagining your future, you're imagining that your future is going to be happy. It's a color of happiness. That's why we have these summer songs that we sing that are happy songs, right? Good day, sunshine. And I know Stevie Wonder used to have a, uh, had a great song about, uh, about the sunshine because yellow, the sun being yellow, it communicates happiness to us and the expectation of a bright future. It makes us feel good, right? I mean, if you're feeling kind of blue, and kind of down, and you've been cooped up inside. Sometimes you and I, we know what it's like. We've been cooped up outside, uh, inside our home for so long that sometimes we don't even want to go outside. We just get so comfortable with that, you know, we're in a funk. But then all of a sudden, we go outside, and what happens? We get outside in the sun, and we walk around for a few minutes. Our entire mood changes. We feel so much better, because yellow communicates happiness and, and positivity. And again, it carries with it the idea that the future is going to be happy and bright. Now, what about relationship? What does yellow communicate to us about relationship? Because remember, we said that all these colors, in addition to uh, affecting our mood and, and our psyche and having different effects upon us, they also speak to us in some way about interpersonal relationship with God and with each other. So what does yellow communicate, dear beloved one, about relationship? And remember, eternal life is all about relationship. It communicates the relationship is strong and it's going to last. You know, we have so much brokenness, so many broken relationships. You and I, can, we can think back on our past and we think about, you know, so many relationships in our life that have come and gone. Even loved ones have passed on, right? They're no longer in our life. But yellow, as it relates to relationship, communicates to us that the relationship will be forever, that it's a good relationship, it's a happy relationship, and it's going to last. So every day we wake up and the sun is shining, right? Praise God. God is going to be there every single day, right? The sun is going to be out. God's relationship is going to be forever with us. It's always going to be positive. God's always going to be happy. He's always going to be happy with us as we choose to love him. And so yellow communicates to us, beloved, that we have a relationship with our Lord, with our Father, with Yeshua, that's going to last forever and it's always going to be happy. Our God is a happy God, and Yeshua is anointed with the oil of gladness. 
Okay, we're moving on now to another one of my favorite colors, maybe some of your favorite colors too. I love green. Green is such an important color. I mean, you look at the earth, right? And we're everywhere we look in most places on the earth, we see green. I mean, yeah, we, you know, we're on the ocean at some places and you know, sometimes people are in the mountains and it's barren, but by and large, when you think of the earth, what color goes to our mind? The color green. There's grass, right? Trees and leaves and plants and flowers, so much green. Even in heaven, there's gonna be a ton of green. When you look at the stones that are outlined in the book of Revelation that are, uh, that are in heaven, a lot of those stones are green. So the Lord really likes the color green. I love, I love being out in nature, um, you know, especially if we can calm ourselves down. My wife, Cynthia, is really great at this because we try to go for a walk whenever we can, just down our street, or we'll drive for, to, through a park, and Cynthia will point out, oh, look, look at that beautiful tree there. Do you, hear, do you hear that bird? Do you smell? Take a smell. And, and, and obviously what she's doing, she's enjoying it herself. And she's also wanting to bring me out of all the business that I deal with, you know, all the responsibilities that I have in life, you know, running the ministry and all the administration and all the relationships and so much. But Cynthia's trying to bring me back to the primordial earth. God thinks it's pretty important that you and I are in touch with the earth. Why do I say that? Because when he created man, where did he place him? He placed him in a lush garden, right? With green all around and a river running through it. So man is very susceptible. He's very open to hear the, the, the voice of God, to, to experience the witness of the Holy Spirit in our hearts and minds when we're surrounded by nature and by the natural green earth that God placed us in. Uh, much more so than we are with all the glitz and glamour. You know, I don't really, I, 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 I you know, the, the, the places that people are attracted to, you know, for me, they hold, they hold no attraction, you know, the glitzy, glamorous places, you know, the Las Vegases of the world. I have no attraction for that at all. I'm repulsed by it. I want to just get close to the earth. I want to connect with God through what he has made at a primordial level because there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, a way that God connects to us through creation that's healthy, that, is, that, that, that he cannot communicate to us through all the bells and lights and glamour, the artificial world of Las Vegas and similar places. God's not in that. He's in what he created. You know, when, when the Lord told the children of Israel to engrave his commandments on the tablets of stone, he commanded them to engrave the commandments on a stone that was unhewn or uncut. In other words, God didn't want the stone that the Ten Commandments were engraved into to be spiffed up by man. He didn't want any special decorations on them. He didn't want the edges smoothed out. He wanted it, the natural creation that he made. That's what the Ten Commandments were to be engraved on, an untouched stone, a raw stone. So I'm just trying to bring us back to green and nature. And, and when you look around, I want to just challenge us today with this. Go outside and, and look at all the green and try to wake yourself up to the life that surrounds you. Because so often as we're so caught up on our screens, on our smartphones, 
and our computers and our television sets were completely cut off from life. In the old days, kids used to go fishing. I know when I was a kid, I loved going fishing. I felt so close to God, so close to nature. Now I'm struggling to reconnect because the defilement of this world has brought me so far away that I struggle to connect, and I do but I have to work at it. And I want to encourage you, my beloved friend, to try and force yourself to get back to nature. Because when you get back to nature, you awaken to the fact that the earth is alive, that there's life all around you, that the birds are singing, that that tree is growing, it's alive, and it's been there for many times hundreds of years, that those beautiful plants or flowers, they're alive. The earth is alive. We're surrounded by life. And what that tells us is that God is also here and God is alive and he surrounds your life. Green also has a very calming effect. Uh, it's a very peaceful color. And that's why many nursing homes actually carpet their, their, their homes in green because it's trying to help those that are elderly and have, you know, somebody's living in the nursing home alone and uh, at times dealing with health issues. The green color has a calming effect. Unlike red, which actually makes your heartbeat go up as a biological effect, green will actually calm you down. Very calming color. And so it's important to think about that sometimes, you know, how we decorate and, and, and again, where we want to go, depending on what, what we need. And then finally, I want to say that green speaks to us of ever newness of life. Because you think about it, the green tree, those leaves are always growing new. It's always sprouting forth new growth. And even after the winter is over, and, and much of the, the, the plant life has been, uh, you, know, uh, you know, lost during the winter months. I mean, the grass is no longer generally green and, you know, the leaves have fallen off the trees in many places. So much of that green earth no longer looks green like it did in the spring and the summer. It looks kind of gray and drab and brown. But what happens in the spring? It's like the earth becomes alive again, like newness of life. So you look at the trees, they're always growing new leaves, always growing in size. The leaves are getting bigger, new leaves are sprouting, the earth comes alive again every spring. It speaks to us of newness of life. So how does this relate to us, beloved, when we think about relationship? Because remember we said every color speaks to us of relationship as well. Well, God, in his impartation of his life to you and I, is always revealing himself and imparting himself to us in new ways and in something new. In other words, we're never going to grow dull with God because God is not a static being. Continuously, there is bubbling up from the Godhead newness of life. It's just how he, he, he is always new. He's always fresh. And green, the earth, again, always giving newness of green life, communicates to us relationally, green, that our God is always new and he's always going to be revealing himself to us in new ways imparting himself to you and I in new ways, giving himself to you and I in new ways, and always going deeper with us. I love uh, Isaiah chapter 6 and Revelation chapter 4. We see an identical scene in Isaiah 6 and Revelation 4. In both of these instances, uh, we see God on the throne. In Isaiah 6, Isaiah received his call from the Lord, 
and he has a vision and he sees God on the throne surrounded by the angels. The same thing happens in Revelation 4 where the Apostle John is on the island of Patmos and he also is caught up in the spirit. He sees into the heavens and he sees God around the throne once again surrounded by the seraphim and both Isaiah who saw the Lord in Isaiah 6 and John who saw the Lord in Revelation 4 say the same thing. The Lord was on the throne and there was angels around him and the angels did not cease crying out day and night, John and Isaiah told us, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They never cease crying it out. And the whole earth is full of His glory. So I want you to think about this. They never stop saying the same thing over and over and over again. What are they saying? Holy, holy, holy. Now, I want you to consider this paradigm with me in two different facets. Number one, we could just think of it as something mechanical. Holy, 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 holy. Not something that's living, but something that's mechanical. On the other hand, I want you to compare that mechanical version that they're just, you know, saying holy, holy, the same word over and over. I want you to compare that to this paradigm. The reason they keep saying the word holy on and on and on is because they keep on getting hit afresh and anew with a new wave of God's glory, beauty, and majesty. So every time they get hit with the new emanation of the power of God that's coming forth upon them. They say, holy, then another wave hits them, a brand new wave, holy, then a brand new wave, completely different, holy. Every holy is bigger than the last and everyone is different. God is newness of life and your relationship with him will always be new. Well, let's take a breath here because I want you to just pause for a second before we go on to this next color because this next color is just, there's no, no words to be able to say how big it is, how important it is. We're going to the color blue. Now, already if your mind's turning, you're thinking, yeah, what about blue? Because when you look up, what the sky is blue. And seemingly the sky goes on forever, like to the natural eye. I mean, scientifically we could talk about, you know, deep outer space, but we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about mankind's experience. When God put us on the earth and we look up, what do we see? Blue. The sky is blue. It's infinite. It goes on forever. Blue is the color of divinity Blue is the color of divinity, and I'm going to show you this, and it's the color of God's glory. Blue is transcendent. When we look up at the sky, we get a sense that the Creator is always looking down upon us. He is transcendent. He's bigger than us. We cannot contain the sky. Blue conveys to us the depths of God's understanding and love, right? The blue sky goes on seemingly forever. And now consider the ocean. What color are the oceans? Blue. And we think about the deep, deep ocean blue. We have an old hymn singing about the deep, 
deep ocean blue, the depths of the ocean, the lowest places in the earth filled with water. What does this tell us? It speaks to us relationally of the unfathomable depth, beloved one, of God's love for us and his understanding, his inscrutable understanding of you and I. He knows every hair on our head. He knows the, the, the reason for everything we think and everything we feel. He knows exactly why we are the way we are, and he loves us with compassion. His love for us is as deep and as big as the ocean blue. Blue is the color of divinity, and relationally it speaks to us of God's transcendence, that he's always looking down upon us, his creation, in love, those of us that are his. And his love for us is so deep and understanding that everything that we feel, he can feel and he understands everything that's going on in the world and more importantly, in our lives as people. This is really an interesting fact. The Lord told the children of Israel in the book of Shemot, Exodus chapter 25, to build him a tabernacle. We call it in Hebrew a mishkan. And the Lord told us in Exodus 25, 8, exactly why the children of Israel were to build the tabernacle. They were to build it, the Lord said, in order so that he could, listen, dwell with them. It was the place of God's habitation on the earth. And the Lord told Moses, I'm going to show you how to make this tabernacle, this mishkan, and you need to make it exactly according to the pattern that I'm showing you. Every single piece of furniture, where it was all laid out. God was the architect on it. God gave Moses the blueprint and it had to be built exactly the way the Lord said because every part of it meant something in terms of the Lord relating to man and how man could be in relationship with him. So once again, the tabernacle was God's dwelling place and the Lord told Moses to build it for the children of Israel so that he could dwell with them. He wanted to habitate with them. So what do, we, what do we learn about God and blue and the tabernacle? Well, the tabernacle, beloved, was covered with blue. So for example, the Ark of the Covenant, we read in Numbers chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, was covered with blue. Excuse me just for a second here. The bread of presence in Numbers 4, 7, that table was covered in blue. The golden lampstands, Numbers 4, 9, was covered in blue. The altar of incense, Numbers 4, 11, was covered in blue. In fact, all the articles that uh, were used to um, do the ministry involved in the tabernacle, they were all, excuse me, covered in blue. <coughs> Please forgive me, beloved. <coughs> blue conveys divinity. It's the color of heaven above us. And it reminds us that we can't escape God. We can't escape God. He's deeper in the ocean. He's higher than the blue sky. And this is another really interesting note in Scripture that, that speaks to this reality of how close God is to us. When the Lord told the children of Israel in the book of Numbers chapter 15 to wear fringes, we call in Hebrew tzitzit, from the four corners of their garment, he said one of the fringes on every corner, one of the tassels has to be blue. So the Lord told Israel, I want you to make fringes or tassels 
from the four corners of your garment and every corner has to have a tassel of blue and the Lord said and this is to remind you to keep my commandments and walk in my ways it's kind of like the Jewish version of the WWJD bracelets what would Jesus do and so think about that blue is a color of divinity it's the cover, color of God it's the color, color of his royalty the, the earth is covered with blue, the tabernacle is covered with blue, the ocean's filled with blue, and now God tells Israel, I want you to wear these fringes from the four corners of your garment, and on every corner there needs to be a fringe of blue. It's to remind you to walk in my ways. Blue, beloved, is the color of divinity. Well, we move on now to our next color. The color that's really not a, a color that we hear uh, the word of it used a lot, it's the color called indigo. And indigo is a mixture between blue and violet. And violet is another word for purple. So indigo is a combination of blue and purple or blue and violet. And uh, the King James actually does use the word indigo in its translation about 40 times. And indigo is a very mysterious color. I believe that it carries with it, indigo is a color that has to do with inner awareness. It's a color of mysteries being revealed, and it's a color that also imparts to us the ability to execute divine strategies and vision. So indigo is a color of revelation. It's a color of intuition, self-awareness, and it carries with it also the divine intelligence to practically know how to execute the visions and the plans that God has given us. So indigo, when we speak about what does it mean in terms of relationship, what comes to my mind is the hunger that I have to know God. You know, the Bible says that to the Lord, uh, 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 he has the secret things belong to the Lord, but the privilege of man and the blessing of man is to discover those secret things. The secret things belong to the Lord, but what God has given to man, beloved, is the ability we have to discover those secret things. Call upon me, saith the Lord, and I will show you great and marvelous things that you know not of. And so indigo speaks to us of the ability that we have to receive deeper revelation from the Creator, the one we want to know. We hunger after knowing God. Yeshua said no, eternal life is to know God. So indigo speaks to us of the secrets that God is going to be revealing to us in our relationship with Him as we go on in life. Indigo then carries the anointing of inner awareness, intuition, and the wisdom to execute God-given vision and purposes. We come now to the last color that we're going to be looking at, and I have some final things as well that will, I think, be helpful. But we're going to take a look now at one of my favorite colors, the color purple. What a fabulous color. I mean, what a rich color. When you think of rich, you think of purple. How did color, how did the color be associated with, uh, with, with richness, uh, with, 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 rich, with riches, both materially and spiritually? The, the idea of purple just conveys wealth. And I'm not talking about just material wealth. I'm talking about just prosperity spiritually. Spiritual wealth. Purple, the color of richness and wealth. How did the color purple convey that message to us? Well, first of all, I think it has to do just with the strength of the emanation of the color purple. 
Purple is a very difficult color to even create uh, 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 in terms of coming up with a man-made shade of it. In fact, in the ancient world, the only people that wore purple were the wealthy because purple came from a snail in the sea that was very hard to obtain. So the only people that could wear purple were the people that had enough money to pay for those snails, for somebody that you know, collected those snails and they made purple fabric from them. So again, only the wealthy could, could, uh, could wear purple fabric because of the difficulty in creating it on fabric. So I believe that there's both a, uh, a natural reason why purple became associated with wealth, as well as a supernatural reason, and just the projection of the color is so rich. It's such a rich color that it conveys prosperity to us. Now, remember I was sharing that blue is the color of God's royalty. Blue is the color of God's royalty. Purple is the color of man's royalty. Blue is God's glory. Purple is man's glory. And so again, you see, for example, kings in the ancient world, they dressed in what? In purple robes. Purple is a symbol of man's glory. It's interesting to note that purple has the strongest electromagnetic wavelength. To illustrate uh, uh, some of the points that I've made here, we read in the book of Acts, chapter 16, there was a woman that was believed to be a wealthy merchant named Lydia, and Paul had shared the gospel with her, he had shared the good news with her, and Lydia believed, and after she believed, she prevailed upon Paul and his ministry team to stay at her home. So Paul and his ministry team were actually living in Lydia's home. Lydia was the maker of purple fabrics, and she was a wealthy businesswoman. So I want to take now this whole umbrella of colors that we've went through, and I want to kind of hone in a little bit now to make some final comments. Color is a manifestation, I want you to hear this, of God's glory and beauty. It's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's a manifestation of eternal life. Now think of that when you think about the high priest of Israel and the robe and the garments that he wore, called the high priestly garments. We have to understand that the high priest of Israel, beginning with Aaron and then Aaron's sons, they stood between God and man. And before the high priest could take office, he had to be bathed from the top of his hand to the bottom of his feet. He had to be anointed with oil seven times all over his body in different places. I mean, it was a holy, holy, holy calling. And the Lord actually gave the high priest um, instructions about what he should wear as he ministered for the Lord to the people. And so we're just going to take a quick look now at the garments of the high priest and show you something about color and the colors that we just have gone through and how they related to the high priest's earthly garments. And we read about the garments of the high priest in the book of Shemot or Exodus chapter uh, 28 verse 2 through 6. So I'm just going to read for you and you can study this further on your own. Here we go. You shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, I love this, for glory and for beauty, to consecrate him that he might minister as a priest to me. So God loves color. 
their garment, their, 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 their representations and manifestations of His glory and beauty. And then we continue in the fourth verse. These are the garments which they shall make a breastplate and an ephod and a robe and a tunic of checkered work, a turban and a sash, and they shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother and his sons, that he might minister as, they might minister as priest to me. You shall take the gold, and, and now get this now, and the blue, remember we went over blue, and we said that blue was the color of glory for God. It's God's divinity color. So they shall take the gold and the blue, blue being God's glory, His royalty, and the color purple, purple being what? The color of man's glory. So God made man in His own image and made us just for a little while lower than the angels, but in Yeshua were raised with Messiah and seated with Him in the heavenly places. So God shares glory for us. He has a color for Himself, blue, but He's given us a color of glory too, purple. So the high priest was dressed in God's color of glory, blue, and man's color of glory, purple, and scarlet. And so we continue in the verse there, they shall take the gold and the blue and the purple and the scarlet material and the fine linen. Scarlet red, right, is the color of life and the color of blood. It's the strongest color. It attracts the most attention. It speaks of God's fiery, jealous love for His people. And those are the colors that the high priest walked and ministered in before the Lord to the people. And of course, we want to make mention for sure that that blood, that scarlet color, represents the blood of the Lamb, Messiah, Yeshua, Mashiach. We continue in the sixth verse. He shall also make the ephod of gold, of blue and purple and scarlet material and fine twisted linen and the work of skillful workmen. So as I close today, my friends, First of all, thank you for joining to me, especially of those of you that watch to the end. There's something here, and we should all be praying that Father God would continue to transmit to us a greater fullness of understanding of what is in color and what He wants to give us through color that emanates to us through the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. So when you think about the spectrums of the colors, the seven colors we came to today, we looked at the seven colors of the rainbow. And of course today, the rainbow means different things to different people. My question to you, my beloved friend today, is which rainbow will you follow? Will you follow the rainbow that proceeds from heaven to earth, that comes from the rainbow around God's throne? Will you follow that rainbow? Or will you follow the present cultural symbolism of the rainbow, which doesn't lead to an eternity filled with color and glory, but only leads, beloved, to a tin can. Will you follow the rainbow leading to a tin can, empty with nothing in it? Or will you follow the rainbow that leads to the glory of God and to a life where you will be satisfied forevermore? I want to close with these two verses of Scripture. Jeremiah 2.13, the Lord said, For my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to hew for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Are we going to stay natural and be connected to the Lord? Or are we going to do what the ancient Israelites did and try to hew out our own cisterns, try to find happiness and contentment and satisfaction from things in life that can never satisfy all the idols? The Lord said, you choose. 
And I love Yeshua's words, this last scripture today. He who believes in me, he said, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I'm going to pray for you in just a moment. Before I do, I want to encourage you to go to a website that I've set up called Taking the Rainbow Back. The last word is back. TakingTheRainbowBack.com. And when you're there, sign up to receive personal text messages from me. And beloved ones, I love you. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for my friends today. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the privilege of uh, connecting with each and every one that's watching today. And Father, for the incredible privilege of boasting in your word. We love your word. Father, your word is life for us. Father, thank you for reviving us by your word. And I pray that you would continue, Lord, to strengthen us through all the living colors that proceed from your throne. In Yeshua's name, in Jesus' name. This is Rabbi Schneider saying to you, I love you. God bless you. Stay tuned for this clip we're going to run, and shalom. It's a manifestation of His glory and beauty. God's people are afraid to be associated with the rainbow. The rainbow reminds us that we can trust the promises of God. We, as God's people, need to rise up and take the rainbow tap.